Welcome to the Leadership Mindset Podcast with me, Tony Brooks, where we look to revolutionize your leadership mindset by changing how you think and see your world, enabling you to do the right things and grow significantly as a leader. Welcome back to the Leadership Mindset Podcast series. Uh, I'm really pleased today to have with me Rachel Edmondson-Clark. Now, Rachel and I have got to know each other through the Professional Speakers Association. And Rachel, in fact, is taking over as president in the East Midlands next year. So exciting times. Uh, Just to give you a bit of background on Rachel then, she's a performance transformation partner, a leadership behavioural expert and a strategic advisor. And she specialises in helping senior leaders elevate performance. And a lot of this is around delving into the fascinating realm of the biology of leadership, as we're going to talk about today, unravelling the science behind that finding out what makes great leaders tick and how other people can apply those insights to uh, impact on their own performance as well. She is also, um, she seems quite adventurous out out of work as well, hiking, horse riding, swimming. I do a bit of swimming as well, Rachel. I'm an avid nonfiction reader and um, has just kindly agreed to um, have a read through the book that I'm writing later on in the year. So really (laughs) pleased about that. So welcome, Rachel. Oh, Tony, thank you so much. You know, I love you. I love your show. And I think we share a passion for helping leaders in business. And so I am so excited to be here. And thank you so much for having me because, yeah, I'm excited for this conversation and for us just to have some time talking about this and hopefully add some value as well to all your listeners. Yeah, we'd have enjoyed talking anyway, even if we hadn't been recording it and uh, sharing it. (laughs) But uh, I, I think that there will be uh, many leaders out there who will get some really good insights into what we talk about today. So I'm really interested to hear more about your thoughts and your insights into this, Rachel. But first of all, it's just um, for people listening to the programme who don't know you, and some people surely will, um, a little bit about your journey to where you've, you know, how you've ended up doing what you do now then. Uh, Yes, of course. Well, I think I started work about the age of 12 because my mum ran a hair and beauty business. Um, So I've always kind of business has kind of been in my blood, I think, from a very, very young age. Um, And I always thought I wanted to go into communications or marketing, you know, something along those lines. So I did a master's in marketing and management and I built a career in sales and marketing. I had roles at Mars and Thornton's and Ferrero. There's definitely a chocolate theme there, Tony, and it is true. <laughs> I am a chocolate fan. <laughs> I wish you still worked there. We could get some free samples then. Oh, dear. I know. I know. I know. So, uh, well, my husband still does. So uh, that's where oh, I'm at. There you go. Yeah. So uh, he still does. So occasionally I do get a few nice, a few nice samples that do, do, that do come home. They don't often get much further than, um, than my kitchen table, though, Tony, I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> I polished them all off, um, you know, but I did, uh, you know, as, as much as a joke about the chocolate theme and I do genuinely love chocolate. Um, I did also work with brands such as Whiskers Cat Food, Uncle Ben's and Dolmio as well. And, yeah, and I ultimately I got to a senior level in marketing and it was kind of what I always thought I wanted to do and what I was always striving for. But I got there and realized, um, you know, that there was there was a whisper on my heart to do something else. And I didn't know what that something else was uh, but I remember the day I made a commitment to myself that I no longer wanted a job or a career but I wanted to find my life's mission 
Um, and as I say, I didn't know the answer, but I explored with kind of excitement and possibility what that was. And over quite a long period of time, so probably three years, and after training as a health coach and a practitioner in NLP and studying and working with some of the best coaches in the personal development industry, I followed my heart into coaching and um, facilitation, training and speaking um, and really just wanting to make a meaningful difference um, to people in, in business. And that journey hasn't been, you know, without its challenges. Uh, you know, I started that business, uh, what is it, probably eight years ago now when I was about to give birth to my eldest child. <laughs> so that's an interesting time to start to start a business as well. And, you know, the pandemic um, was also a huge blow to my business because of how I was set up and operating. And so really had to rebuild the business uh, since then. And it is now better and stronger than ever. Hey, no, brilliant. I started my business in 2007 when we went into the global uh, financial meltdown just so shortly after. So. <laughs> we do um, pick them, don't we? We pick these stars, <laughs> you know, oh dear. Never but they present great opportunities, right? You know, often when we've got these crises, it does it does create great opportunities as well. So I love that. Yeah, well, no, thank you for sharing that. I, I must admit there were there were parts of that journey that um, that I wasn't aware of, so it was, it was good to hear all that. Uh, so let's get into the biological side of things. And how do you feel that a person's biology or a leader's biology impacts on how they feel, first of all? Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. I think this, you know, there's there's a huge part to this. And, you know, I am somebody who is big on, you know, big on mindset. Um and even in my own journey, you know, I think I've reckoned I'm big on mindset. I'm big on health, as you know, you've just heard. I'm a certified yeah. health coach as, as well as doing the executive coaching that I do. And yet what I see so often with leaders is I see them either uh, neglecting or disrespecting some of the biology that absolutely helps drive their performance and that will impact on their behaviours, on their moods and on their emotions. And, you know, Tony, it's things that we all know about. It's things like, you know, our sleep, our sleep patterns and quality sleep. You know, we all know and, uh, you know, any 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 other parents with young children out there will also know what it's like when you're trying to deal with the stress and strains of work on a poor night's sleep because your children have had you mum. You know, uh, we the way that we, you know, the way that we respond and react is different. It has an impact on our ability to deal with, you know, to deal with stress. Um, and, you know, the same is true of, you know, of, of, of nutrition um, and what we eat, you know, when we, you know, kind of, you know, again, one of the things I see so often in the business world and, you know, I will put my hand up and say, I used to do this. I would not have time for lunch. So I would walk around the office with a Tupperware or something, shoveling it in my mouth as I kind of went along because I was too busy to even stop to, to get lunch, let alone maybe get some fresh air, get some daylight um, and, and so on. And so, you know, I know none of that is rocket science, but so often I see leaders, as I say, neglecting or even disrespecting that, expecting themselves to to perform at the highest level, to be able to, you know, they have that great desire to be, you know, leaders who have got empathy and compassion for the people that they're working, that they're working with and that are working for them. And 
you know, and 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 yet we would not expect this at peak performance athletes or anyone, you know, or anyone else would expect them to, you know, restore and nurture their biology so that we can operate in a in a, in a great in a great way. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I talk about because um, you're right. Sometimes we can overcomplicate this stuff, and you, as you said, it's the basics a lot of us know. But I talk about leaders focusing on the news, which is nutrition, exercise, water hydration and sleep mm. and um I, I think there are differing views aren't there rachel on, on the whole sleep sleep piece about some people think they can get by on four or five hours a night and i must admit me if i get under seven hours it tends to cloud my thinking a little bit uh, my motivation so i know for me that um i remember reading ariana written book thrive and she talked about if you get like say for example you know you're getting up at six in the morning the next day and you know you need seven hours sleep that means you need to be in bed sort of 10 10 30 so you can wind down and you're probably asleep by that time and i kept that kind of thing in my mind really if i know i'm up at a particular time and i think about what that means in terms of getting to bed really but um i liked what you said as well about almost relating it to how peak performance athletes or sports people think because leaders might think, oh, yeah, but, you know, they're doing something that's very physically demanding. But as you know, and I know um, the mental side of things, like uh, you'd had a, a quite a demanding coaching session earlier before we spoke, and that can take it out of you, can't it? And it's um, so that that need to fuel ourselves well and need to take care of us is, I think, as you said, it's really important in the same way it would be for an athlete, really. Well, you know, I think sometimes, particularly with, a, you know, with, with, with my client base, as I'm sure is the same with you, Tony, you know, these are people who are, you know, they're, they're ambitious and they care and they want to perform well and they want to be at their best for their organizations and contribute and look after their team and for their team to be motivated and engaged and feel as though there's that safe psychological in, you know, environment where people can challenge, um, you know, but actually if we aren't, if we aren't role modeling and 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 looking after these things not only in ourselves but then also helping and giving permission to our team to be able to do to be able to do these things we can't expect the best work from people nor the best behaviors um you know because you know there will be underlying you know there could be underlying moods um or certainly if you know if kind of if if an external event happens something happens you know, it's going to impact how we feel and our emotions around that. And it just has an, it, you know, that then has an enormous impact on uh, on our behavior. People pick up on that from a leadership perspective. You know, you kind of know if your boss is in a bad mood or not, or whether to go near them or not, or if they're stressed or not. And, you know, I think the, you know, our ability to pay attention to some of these things you know, as well as the mindset, but not forgetting the foundations. You talked about sleep just then. I think sleep is such, um, you know, I used to think of it like sleep, nutrition, exercise, almost like three pillars. And I think now I think of sleep almost like the foundation. You know, it, it's so it, it's one of the most deeply restorative things that we can do um, as human beings. And yes, of course, within my health coaching background, one of the things we talked about was biodiversity and just how what's right for one person is not what, what's right for another. And, you know, we all almost need to, you know, kind of experiment with ourselves to work out what serves ourselves best 
and you know and encourage people to you know to do that in all of these aspects um and um you know but sleep is is so deeply restorative and i think really important and as you said it it, it without enough sleep it impacts our cognitive function it, you know we might get feel more confused about things um and and just you know just even being able to talk about that with our teams to say hey guys do you know what how are we feeling today how's everyone doing and to be able to openly and honestly go like i did tony with you coming in here i was like do you know what just come off a bit of a heavy session and just can we just take five minutes is just enormously supportive and I think it's being able to do that with one another being able to give people permission to be you know to be human and to experience these things and give one another a little bit of grace um as well um but sometimes I think that people find these conversations um around moods and emotions very intangible not sure how to deal with them what you know kind of um feel a bit almost a bit sort of you know scare maybe not scary but not wanting to not wanting to talk about them for fear of opening a can of worms you know and and actually I think um you know when we when we can share openly and we can support one another I think it I think it leads to a really you know a really productive um environment yeah and it was interesting you talked about um, picking up on sort of underlying mood, whether that be, I guess, for a leader or for the people around teams, organisations, and and I guess you 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 talk you were starting to talk about some of the biological aspects that can influence mood. It might be that you've been out and uh, not had a good night's sleep, or been out the night before and had a few uh, alcoholic drinks, or a number of alcoholic drinks, or whatever um or you know not had as you say not had a decent breakfast whatever all of these things in terms of the way we're looking after our biology can affect our mood but then Rachel you were almost talking about I guess having a more open dialogue about where people are at emotionally their moods and be more making that more of a an open part of conversation in teams is that where you're going with that or Yes, well, I think there's two things. I think one is about recognising, you know, kind of the moods and emotions that we're experiencing, because I think sometimes we can get into a bit of a mood, a bit of a funk, and we don't even necessarily realise it. It can be sort of, you know, it can be more gradual. Uh, We're normally more aware of those emotions. They're normally a bit more acute and something perhaps has normally happened to trigger that emotion. Uh, But certainly with moods, and I've had this again in my, you know, kind of in my own experience, and I must give credit here to um, CHX performance and the team there so I partner with CHX and they you know they they the the work and the research that they've done in this area um you know and just linking the importance of biology to moods emotions and humanized leadership is um you know I think is 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 vitally important and and it was a real foundational piece that I felt um that I was that I was missing and this really unlocked things for me in a, in a, in a in a huge way um, but sometimes it's about so coming back to what you're saying, um, it come, it, you know, we have to recognize it. And, you know, I, you know, I, and I can talk without breaching any confidences about my own experience. Um, so hence why I shall use myself for this. But, um, you know, I had a long period of time where actually I was, you know, kind of in a mood that was, you know, more, um, more fearful, uh, more anxious. Um, 
perhaps a little bit more of a low mood, you know, but actually I'd been in that for such a long period of time that we don't always recognize it. Can, if, if that makes sense. So okay. I think the first thing is about what, well, how do we better recognize, you know, our moods and emotions with it within, within ourselves? Um, and sometimes talking to others can really help that and can, you know, can, you know, can help that, uh, can help that conversation. Often with mood, the, you know, it's normally someone else that can pick it out. Like, well, you don't seem quite yourself today or are you all right? You know, um, and, sure. and having, having an environment where it's open enough that we can do that with one another and the trust is there to do that with one another I think it's really important um you know and then it's how do we how do we restore things like you know kind of so for me that mood you know there is there is there is three there is three areas really where we can restore mood from because all all we're looking to do um you know we're sort of a dysregulated mood means that we're sort of out of homeostasis in some place. And so, you know, you look at the the kind of the three kind of key areas where we can restore ourselves from a mood perspective. You know, we've got, you know, from a, we, we've got our physical environment. So things like, you know, daylight and movement and things like that. We've got our social environment. You know, we've been talking about that. And what I mean by that is, you know, spending time with people that we care about and, you know, who care about us, you know, kind of, you know, real genuine um, social environment and the biological environment, you know, so coming back to the sleep, you know, the nutrition, um, you know, things like, you know, things like that. And just just checking in. What are my habits in these areas? Because we've all got them. You know, you talking, Tony, about, you know, sort of your good habits around sleep. Um, and are they really, you know, are they really serving me? Um, so, yes. And habits are, are so critical, aren't they? Um, I think, well, you know, that phrase, we are creatures of habits, but we are. Uh, and I think the things that we do, I mean, I, I, I like the way you talked around those three areas of restoration. I'd probably include as well um, the psychological restoration, because I, I talk a lot and I, I know you'd relate to a lot of this as well, Rachel, about the fact we can be we can be very unconscious in the way we go about our days. And sometimes when we're getting into a low mood or fearful or anxious, as you were saying, it can be just that we've got ourselves into a thinking pattern that we're almost like you were saying, it's almost a place of not really being aware that you're doing it. And then you can do it over time and it becomes habitual. And it's about um, being able to pause, elevate above your own thinking and be able to make, I guess, more effective conscious choice in the way that you are perceiving a situation or perceiving another person or the way you're thinking. So I'd probably add that in as well. But I think those three you talked about physical, social, bio- biological, all got some great things. I, I'd just probably add in. Psychological, and, I, and I'm and I'm not suggesting that we that you know that I suppose because we were talking about the the, the biology of leadership, yeah. which is why I was kind of you know kind of honing in on that. I think Tony, you know, you know, you and I, you know, we're huge advocates, um, as you say, for the psychology and that practical psychology and that side of things. Um, and and I think the piece that the piece that I was missing was I was so hot on the psychology side of things that I was missing some of these other basics, you know, so hot on the mindset, on the controlling of my emotions, of, you know, of, of a mastering all of that. 
but actually I've stopped paying attention to the biology. And I think if there was a message, you know, that I, I hope that comes out from this, you know, conversation to your listeners today, it's, you know, yes, all of that is so important. And are you still paying attention to those, you know, that that restoration that, you know, and that, that biology side as well? Yeah, love it. And, you know, it's funny you say that because, um, I often say to people now, because I think it was a great realisation for me a couple of years or so, but that the brain is an organ. You know, the brain needs things like we think we think about, um, I don't know, our stomachs and our muscles in our arms or whatever, whatever, you know, yeah. different parts of our body and what they need. But the brain is, I know we we, are, we, we talk almost in, in an abstract way, don't we, Rachel, about mindset, psychology. But the brain's an organ. And the brain needs sleep. And the brain, for a variety of reasons, the brain does a lot of work when we sleep um, in terms of tidying up stuff and what have you. And the brain needs good hydration. The brain needs good nutrition, all of those things. So you're dead right that, in a way, we can neglect the biology where the biology is fundamental because we're talking about an organ at the end of the day. Absolutely. Absolutely. You put it beautifully. Yeah, couldn't agree more. So good. So we've been talking about some things to be conscious of biologically in terms of impacting on how people feel on their performance and how they feel will definitely lead into their performance. When, when it Rachel, I mean, like you and you talking about going through and I, I, I was diagnosed with depression late 2012. And I, what I thought was interesting that you were speaking about there is you can get yourself into ways of thinking without really realizing it sort of evolves it can sometimes it doesn't necessarily just happen over overnight it evolves over time mm-hmm. and you've got and it's a weird word to use but you've almost become comfortable in that way of thinking because yeah. it's become where you are the norm it whether, becomes your norm doesn't it yeah yeah and i don't know whether you relate to that from you know from your place where you said you, you got into a state where it's more fearful anxious mm-hmm. low mood um i guess until you somebody else who can talk to you or you can talk to somebody else about that you start to think hey this is actually not as it should be um Mm -hmm. and then you can start to make conscious choices to change all those things physical environment social connection biology where you're thinking all of those can't can't you really but i guess absolutely absolutely and i think it's that awareness i mean um i've got a real recent example which i'm I'm happy to share um so a, a couple of weeks ago uh, I recognized, I was, I just dropped the kids off at school actually, and I was walking back and I just recognized that I was feeling quite anxious. Um, I wasn't, I found it difficult to breathe. So bear in mind, I'm outside, I'm in nature and I'm walking and I found it quite difficult to breathe. Um, and I have had, um, periods in the past where, um, I have experienced anxiety. Um, you know, so the thoughts start racing through your head, don't they? You know, oh gosh, is this, you know, is this coming into another one of those episodes? You know, uh, you know, all of those, you know, all of those things can start kind of racing in your mind. And this time, instead of, instead of kind of going, right, I can, you know, I can, I can master what this means. And I can think about, um, you know, my psychology around this, I actually put the spotlight onto my biology. And I was like, okay, am I fully restored? I'm like, absolutely not. I've had four nights where I've had relatively little sleep. 
around about five, five and a half hours. I ideally need at least six and a half and optimally more like seven, seven and a half hours to be functioning well. Um, I was due to go to the gym that night and I had to pause and go, what's going to be most restorative for me? Is it going to the gym? Because in my head, in my, you know, sort of super achiever head, I want to get in the gym and I want to do that. And I want to stick to what I've said I'm going to do. And, you know, my habits and my routines and building all of that up. And I was just like, that's not going to serve me well. And so instead I took, you know, took my coat, wrapped myself up because it was a chilly night that night. And I went out walking beautiful sunset in nature and you know and once I'd walked for a little while I stopped and I just did some journaling and you know just kind of wrote out some of the things that night I came home I had a bath and I went to bed and I had one of the best night's sleep that I'd had in probably two weeks and I woke up and the next day felt entirely different and then I was able to continue like it just it was just like completely it, you know, I was just able to think better. I was able to deal with things better. Um, you know, my, my, my bandwidth for, you know, kind of managing the day and what was coming were uh, just increased enormously. And I was like, Oh, you know, gosh, I think as you, you said it right at the beginning, I think sometimes we overcomplicate things a little bit. Um, and, um, you know, that really, you know, that really did, that really did help. Yeah, I love that story, and I think um, the the thing is as well as, as many of us know, the brain operates at different frequencies. And when you do things like you said, you know, went out in nature and had a nice walk, it slows the brain frequency down, which allows you to be more creative. Um, so I tend to have my best ideas when I've switched off from things a bit more. Yes, <laughs> and, yes. And I do, and I think a lot of leaders and business people are continually switched on. And then they work probably till quite late. And then they almost just drop on the sofa, watch the telly, whatever. We can, I mean, that's fine. We can all do a bit of that. I do that. But I think sometimes it's about finding space, isn't it, for yourself as well, which is what you did on that occasion. It gave you just a little bit of um, space to calm, you know, treat yourself well. But then, as you said, you, you journaled when you were doing that because your mind was allowed to slow down a little bit and, and become more creative and i think that's that's a great thing interestingly enough rachel i am um, listening to you talk about you know you, you know focus on the biology and what have you spotlight on the biology mm. i found through parts of this year that i've been a little bit demotivated and what have you so um a couple of things from and, and when it came to my, my business year starts in september I thought I've got a TEDx talk in January. I've got a book to write. Um, got a lot to do, got client work, everything else. So I, I, I like a drink, but I kicked alcohol um, beginning of September. And we were talking about swimming a little bit earlier because I know you're a swimmer and getting back into, I do exercise, but I wanted to get back into doing some more regular swimming. And already six weeks into my business year, I can feel the difference in my energy level my mood my motivation so again going back to the basics there's probably people out there who are, are, are complicating why they're feeling a, a bit um demotivated or anxious or whatever it might be and, and alcohol feeds into anxiety as well so there's another thing it does 
there might be some big choices to make just around the basics. Uh, what are you doing with nutrition? What are you doing with your exercise? Are you getting enough water and, and sleep? And all that, just start with the basics. Absolutely. I couldn't, I couldn't agree with that more, Tony. And interestingly, I did um, a, a, a protocol. Um, so, a, a, you know, a food protocol. I've been doing that for the last three months. And as part of that, I too have given up alcohol. Um, and again, it, so it, it's not that I, I won't drink alcohol again. I'm sure I, I'm sure I will. And as you know, we've got the PSA conference happening shortly. <laughs> so I'm sure I will have a tipple at that. Um, but, um, you know, I um, I have found that, yeah, much greater clarity um, and energy, uh, the same, you know, the same as you. And I'm not interested in going back to it in the way that I probably have. You know, I, I wouldn't drink a lot, but I would maybe drink most weekends um you know what one or two um and uh, yeah no I just I I actually and you know we're talking about I think the other thing that that I I think might be helpful is that it's it is about giving ourselves permission whether it's that 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 time and space that you were talking about previously um for our brain to you know kind of to slow down to operate in different ways to you know, give ourselves that permission to do those things because actually that is feeding our best performance. It's giving ourselves permission to say, right, that's enough of the emails now or checking on the phone or whatever it is at night because my sleep is more important and I will perform better and more effectively and efficiently tomorrow when I'm restored from that sleep. But again, it comes back to the habits, doesn't it? You know, how often are we as leaders checking checking our phones, making sure that we're, you know, up to date with the latest, you know, with the latest things versus creating that space so that we can actually perform and show up at our best yeah and it's interesting listening to again to you there because um i think that there were things that can creep in i was just thinking when you were talking about that's enough of the emails or that kind of thing that if people have had a i can't remember the term for it now rachel but if people have had a long day they almost feel like um they're owed some downtime so they'll go to bed they'll stay up later and go to bed and sleep later because they want to have some time to themselves and that means then it the, the thing that suffers then potentially is the sleep rather than as you you were saying almost um shut your day down earlier you know um and you've got permission like you use the word permission give yourself permission to do that and um and role model that for the team you know let let, you know to be able to let people know you know i'm going to be out of the business so i'm not going to be responding to you know calls or inquiries until such and such a date or you know whatever it is i i just think um you know and and being you know kind of letting people know those boundaries and um and and respecting them whatever they are for you because for some people it'll be really useful to email late at night that of course um and to catch up and to check in on things but um yeah i i I, yes i don't i I was gonna ask you just think going off a slight but related tangent Mm. what do you see in in your work both in the health coaching arena and the executive executive coaching arena what would you say are two or three of the biggest mistakes you see leaders making that cause them problems? 
particularly if you talk around the biological side. Yeah, well, talking about the biology side of things, I think I think we've I think we've 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 touched on it, um, you know, already. I think the biggest mistakes that I see are um, neglecting the importance of sleep. Yeah. And prioritizing that and making sure that they are getting it. And if you struggle with sleep to make it a priority to look into and research into how you can improve the quality of your sleep. Oh, good one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because it's not just about how much sleep we get. It's about sleep regularity as well. And it's about the quality of sleep when we're when, when we are asleep as well. So, um, you know, so so looking at it, looking at, at improving that. And probably the other one that I see, you know, busy, professional, executive people, um, you know, neglecting most is probably the the nutrition side of things. You know, and it, it can be so easy, can't it, when there's a team meeting and somebody brings in the buns and the biscuits <laughs> and the chocolates and, the, you know, and actually you're a bit tired. And so it's then really easy to reach for, you know, the stuff that's going to give you that sugar kick, um, you know, but actually then that's just, you know, that's just that's just then sending our body out of homeostasis again and, you know, kind of disrupting, disrupting that balance. So um, they are probably, you know, um, you know, kind of what I see and hear, you know, most. Yeah, no, I get that. I think we've all, um, I mean, you and I don't necessarily work in um, office environments for, as part of a team anymore, but we've been there, haven't we? And I, and we see it as well. One of my clients got a hell of a talk shop. <laughs> I <have to> say, <laughs> when I pop in and see them, they've got uh, quite an extensive talk shop. Um, and that is the danger, isn't it? You, you, you get busy during the day. You don't prioritise taking a, a lunch break, maybe, or you don't prioritise making some decent food to take with you for the day before it all, or, or buying some decent food. So an easy thing there is a packet of crisps, snack bar, um, and that becomes habitual and, and all of those kind of things. So, And, you know, yeah, just, no. if, if, if it's useful as well, you know, just I would encourage people, you know, to have with them some things that um, that give them healthy alternatives. So um, I know your listeners can't see this, Tony, but this is what I've got by the side of my desk here. So that's actually a fig. Yeah. That's a bowl of that's a bowl of almonds and a fig, which I've got here in case I get in case I get peckish later on. Um, but even when I was in corporate, I always used to go around with, you know, like a little a little pot of nuts or they do these, you know, they do great. Um, they do kind of great bars now, don't they? That are sort of raw dates and nuts that are kind of pressed together. I always used to keep some of those in the glove box of the car so that if ever you know i haven't done it so much since uh covid but you know that you're ever traveling and you know you get that oh i'm starving you're not tempted to pull <laughs> over for the mcdonald's you can actually reach for something that will you serve you and that will serve your body um and um you, you know kind of nourish your body instead of clogging your body it's nourishing you know thinking about is it is this going to clog me or is this going to nourish me and oh, I like that nourish versus clogging Yes, you know, and making the making the choice for the thing that's going to nourish and serve you and having those things available, you know, carrot sticks or, you know, um, I'm, I, re- I recognize I'm saying this and there'll be lots of people rolling their eyes probably. Um, 
<laughs> they're allowed to roll their eyes. You're offering good advice. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And I guess, you know, whenever I'm working with somebody, it's always about finding solutions that work for, for, for them because what works for one person won't work for the other. But the principle is have something that will that will nourish you that you can have with you that is you know that is on the go so that if you do get that moment of oh gosh I'm really hungry or I just desperately need to eat something you've got the choice to have something that is you know of 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 higher nutritional value to serve you yeah no I get that a lot I think um I mean I've done protein shakes for quite a long time Monday to Friday I tend to use I and Rachel walks the talk. I have to say, she when we started this session, she had a green juice drink. Yeah, there you can't see her, but she's got a green juice drink out. So <laughs> I I, um, I started on protein shakes uh, a while ago, and it's convenient, but it means I'm getting the right nutrition during the day and whatever. But I know for a lot of people, not having something solid to eat during the day is it doesn't really work. But yeah, I'm going to have it with it, and then at the weekend I um, relax and do something different. But I liked what you said there, Rachel, that it is about finding solutions that work for people, isn't it, rather than one size fits all. And, and, and versus where we were 10, 15 years ago when I was doing the, the the health coaching, actually, there are so many more good options now that are available right. kind of out in, you know, out in the stores. Um you know, so there are quick and, and, and healthy alternatives that you are able to that, to pick up if you haven't got the time to, you know, do a little bit of preparation. But even then, I am not somebody that spends my life getting, you know, their food ready. I'm very lucky. I've got a husband who loves doing it. Um, but even then, for my lunches and things, I will do something that's relatively quick, you know, uh, uh, you know, a, a microwavable bag of, you know, of, of, of rice grains and avocado, some chopped up you know pepper or you know a soup something like that that's quick that's nutritious um and that's that's easy because we're all busy right we're all busy um so yeah no i get that it's a good husband yeah i die when my wife heads off to the office two three days a week i try and get up and do a couple of boiled eggs for her to take with her in a caustic coffee and a you know yeti mug and those and that's my responsibility in the morning but but it is about thinking ahead isn't it and one of my clients i was talking about talking to the other day about thinking about your week ahead in terms of food and um both then buying stuff in that you're going to need for the week because if you don't you can hijack yourself much more easily you'll drop into like you said drop into a mcdonald's whatever so i'm pushing him to think more about the week ahead and what what a good you know, so you can make good choices then. And it's easier to make good choices if you prepare for it, isn't it, Rachel? So yeah. that yeah. that also that and also, you know, kind of clearing out as well. So, you know, what have you got in the cupboards? Oh god, yeah. <laughs> What's hiding yeah. in the biscuit tin? Um yeah. that actually is, is might be useful not to have in. So it's 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 not an option and you, you remove that you remove that temptation. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I say this and it's, you know, it, it's not about it, it, it. It's not about not enjoying life and food and 
and a drink or two. Um, of course, you know, I think that's part of the, the joy and the celebration of, of life as well. Um, but it's about what we do consistently. That's what counts. Totally. If we have the odd drink, if we, you know, if we, you know, if we, we have the odd bit of chocolate and I'm somebody who I said right at the beginning loves chocolate, I will have a piece of dark chocolate every single day. Um, and if I don't, I kind of don't feel like I'm operating properly. Um, <laughs> you know, so, but it's about, it's, it's about, um, it's about what we do consistently. That's, that's, that's what counts you know we're in this for it's a marathon isn't it you know like we we want to keep um we want to keep our bodies healthy we want to keep them working well um both yes from a physical perspective but also from you know that mental health and well-being perspective as well that we've been talking about you know and our moods and our emotions and um you know just looking at what is going to serve us with that um versus clocking us yeah superb Hey, Rachel, it's been uh, fascinating to talk to you, as always. I always enjoy a conversation with you, but it's good to share this conversation with whoever is listening to it. And um, I'm going to bring you to a close because I know you've got to pack later because you're going off to the um, Professional Speakers Association Conference. So offer a a good weekend there. Um, Before we finish, could you signpost how people can connect with you in the easiest way and find out more about what you do? Oh, well, thank you for asking, Tony. Yes, of course. So people can find me on social media at Rachel Edmondson Clark and Rachel spelt A-E-L. And I'd absolutely love, you know, to hear your story. So if something that Tony and I have been talking about today has resonated with you, then please do connect and let me know. So, yeah, you can find uh, Rachel on LinkedIn as Rachel Edmondson Clark, as she said, A-E and Edmondson A-D, sorry, E-D. M-O-N-D-S-O-N, Clark with an E. Um, so you can find Rachel hopefully quite easily on LinkedIn. Probably the easiest way to start a conversation, isn't it, Rachel, really? Yeah, that would be brilliant. Lovely. Tony, thank you. Brilliant. Thank you, Rachel. Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure. I love it. We'll see you soon. If you want to explore your leadership mindset in more detail, why not complete our free leadership diagnostic at thetonybrooks.com and subscribe to this podcast to join us for future podcasts.